first up, Aaron Karolnik and Carlo Koliakovo with you. The NFL season, it's over. The Super Bowl has come and gone, but now as spring approaches, it is our pleasure to welcome back to the program for the first time in a long time, a man who is vital to our baseball coverage here on TSN 1050, year in and year out, back on first up from ESPN, our friend Buster Olney. What's up, Buster? How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Good to talk with you again. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. Baseball season Fantastic. is back. It's, How excited are you great. about that? Yeah, um, really excited because I, I think this is going to be a you know a fascinating year with all these new rule changes. Uh, you know, we saw all the money spent during the course of the winter time. You know, teams going all in. It feels like that the you know the Mets and the in the Padres in particular are putting pressure on the other teams. And if last year was the year of Aaron Judge, this is going to be the year of Shohei Otani. We're going to be oh, talking baby. about Otani all <laughs> season. Wow. All right. So we'll get to Otani in just a moment. But you emailed me last week. You told me, hey, Aaron, I'm going to be in Dunedin to see the Jays on February 15th. So I'm like, all right, let's book Buster to speak about what he's going to, I guess, encounter today. And I know you're heading over to the facility in about an hour, Buster. Give us your thoughts on the offseason that was for the Toronto Blue Jays, because we remember this time last year, you predicted the Blue Jays would win the World Series. Can we expect a similar prediction from you this time around? <laughs> well, I think you both are, are hoping that I don't do that, <laughs> uh, based on that track record, right? Um, look, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but some of the projection systems began to make their predictions on what's going to happen this year. Uh, the baseball prospectus website has them at 89 wins with their Pocota system that they use. I, I think they're better than that. You know, I'm thinking more in the range of like 92 to 93 wins. I think they had a really good and important off season, uh, in particular with how they balance their lineup. You know, we have been harping on for the last three years, boy, they got to get more left-handed. They got to get more left-handed. Uh, and they finally did. And so I think that it has a, you know, they have a pitching staff, a rotation of great depth. They have a lineup with improved depth. Um, I, I think that they're going to contend with the Yankees. Really, the only team, in my opinion, that has a chance to catch the Yankees in the American League East. Buster, what did you make about the Blue Jays' handling of the Bo Bichette situation? Um, I, I thought it was good in the end. You know, to uh, you know, to get that uh, you know, to get that that settled, um, because I, I just knowing Bo and his personality, uh, it feels like that you know he's someone who just puts so much pressure on himself. I had this conversation with a bunch of baseball people this winter when they talk about you know someone like that. I, I think it's good to get that behind him and to get him focused on this year because I. You know, I, I was emailing with, with Aaron before the show about, uh, you know, the big X factor for the Blue Jays this year, and that to me is Bo and his defense. You know, we're going into a year where they put on, um, you know, they put these restrictions on defensive shifts, which means that the individual infielders are going to have to stand up for themselves. You know, there's not going to be any players protected anymore by putting three guys on one side of the infield. And Bo's got to get better defensively you know statistically you guys know this last year he was one of the worst shortstops in baseball you know to me um that's got to change and in speaking with you know folks who know him they they fully believe that it can change but it's got to happen 
Mm-hmm. No, I t- I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I th- was surprised to see it go to arbitration, but I like the the three year term because it gives him the um, you know the chance to prove that that this team can commit to him long term. Uh, you mentioned the new rules that are coming into baseball this year. One of them being banning of the shift. How does Major League Baseball plan to police that? Is there going to be like paint signals on the field? Is it going to be you know umpires sort of monitoring it? How, how do they plan to to you know focus on players staying in the positions that they're that they're supposed to be in? And Carla, we we are part of the reason why I'm going to be in Dunedin today uh, is because they're going to have a rules demonstration for us this afternoon. Uh, you know, from what I understand, uh, you know, it, it should be fairly apparent that, um, you know, that you're going to have two infielders on each side of second base. Uh, the umpires have a lot on their, lots on their plate this year, but that's going to be one of the things that they're going to be expected to monitor. You're also going to have larger bases. I've seen the comparisons uh, made, and they're apt when you actually see the new bases that they're going to use. The enlarged bases, they look like large pizza boxes um, in their size. You know, I was talking with Vinny Pascantino, the, the Royals yesterday, and he mentioned, you know, how much uh, better that's going to be for, for player safety. Um, yeah, but the umpires are going to be monitoring that. They're going to be monitoring this new pitch clock, you know, 20 seconds when there are runners on base, 15 seconds when there are no runners on base. And we learned some details yesterday about – uh, how they're going to enforce rules against um, unusual pitching motions where, uh, you know, because you could conceivably try to beat the pitch clock by doing, you know, st- you know starting your delivery and then stepping back uh, like Luis Garcia, the Astros, does doing funky stuff. They're going to crack down on that. Uh, and I think as part of this enforcement, too, one of the questions I have, are they also going to crack down even more um, on uh, the sticky stuff, because it was clear based on spin rates that pitchers went back to cheating in the second half of last year. Uh, I suspect that uh, you know that they're going to tell the umpires, look, you, you gotta you gotta monitor that uh, more closely, um, and uh, you know because we're trying to increase a game that has more offense and has better pace. I do think to to circle back to the defensive shift it's going to significantly help left-handed hitters because you're not going to see that defense anymore where you're going to have an infielder standing in the in the in short right field uh, taking away those ground ball hits that we used to see through the right side of the infield. Our guest is ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney. You mentioned all these rules changes, Buster, that are coming up in Major League Baseball this year. Probably a lot of fans will be watching and be like, whoa, what's going on here? I never knew this was happening. And that's a similar refrain that a lot of players around Major League Baseball and some executives as well are taking. Like, they are worried, there are some worried that there's too much too fast. How much of a story do you think this will be in the early part of spring training heading into the early parts of the regular season as well? It's going to be the dominant story of baseball in spring training at the beginning of the year. And let's let's uh, you know do the breaking news now. Some veteran players are going to complain about it. <laughs> you know, they're going to be. Oh, no. It's not only about pitchers with a pitch clock. It's going to be about hitters who want to step out of the box, uh, who you know want some time to think between pitches. They're not going to be happy with it. I've had executive managers tell me that they believe that the pitch clock is actually going to work in favor of the pitchers because it's going to speed up the hitters in their thought process. 
and yeah, we're going to have moments when, you know, mistakes are made, when we're going to ask the question, well, why was it enforced in this spot and why was it not enforced in that spot? And by the way, one of the, you know, the piece of information we got yesterday uh, was that anybody who argues about a pitch clock violation, any manager, automatic ejection. So wow. you're going you're, you're to have guys thrown out of games. You're going to have, uh, you know, post-game quotes, veteran players ranting. But I think that in the end that they'll adjust, in part because so many of the, the guys who play in the big leagues now have been playing under these rules in recent years in the minor leagues. You know, there are a number of players that, like I, I mentioned in my conversation with Vinny uh, yesterday, he's all in favor of this. Like, he's like, I'm good with it in terms of speeding up the game, trying to make a better product. And let's face it, that's in the end what Major League Baseball is looking for to go from, a, you know, the average game time at 3.05 down to something closer to two and a half hours because they're, they know that they're losing the uh, – you know, the focus of the youngest generation of fans, and they're trying to speed up the game. Well, maybe Shohei Otani can bring a new generation of fans to the fold, and you mentioned it off the top when you joined us, Buster. I mean, he's going to be the dominant storyline in Major League Baseball. Will the Angels trade him? Will they sign him to some gargantuan contract? What are you hearing about Otani, and how do you ultimately think this story plays out over the course of the year? Yeah, so the Angels... Otani have not announced where they stand on their contract negotiations, but the full expectation within the industry is is that he's going to be a free agent after this year. And so you're right. The question now, if in fact that's the case and he's going to head out of the market, uh, the question during the season is will the Angels trade him if they're having a disappointing year? Uh, last year, Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, chased his front office away from the idea of trading Otani. People that the teams thought that if you're going to deal Otani and get full value, it needed to be last year. Um, and so if the Angels you know, wind up uh, trading him, he could be a difference maker for a team like the Mets, for example, uh, in a midseason deal. <laughs> the uh, Mets? Or maybe the Blue Jays. That, uh, haven't the Mets spent like $500 trillion in the offseason already? <laughs> Which they, are, they, they don't care. And they, they got a mulligan. They got a mulligan that. with Correa. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, you know, last year, I remember talking to you guys about Otani when he became a free agent. You know, what would be the, the operative numbers? And, and I mentioned the number five, you know, $50 million a year, $500 million plus in a total Jeez. contract. Guys, just based on conversations that with uh, folks in front offices uh, this winter, they're now speculating the operative numbers could be six. What? Six million plus a year and 600 million because of the fact that you're talking about someone, you talk about the ultimate insurance in it built within a contract. Let's say that, you know, you give him a massive contract and he gets hurt as a pitcher. Well, guess what? You He's still have ahead. a top 10 slugger, yeah. right? I mean, you're getting so much production out of this individual player, and we haven't even talked about market value and, and commercialization of a player. Uh, he, he's someone who uh, I personally think that uh, the odds of him winding up with the Dodgers, who clear payroll this winter in order to take a run at Otani next winter, or the Mets, Dodgers or the Mets, I'd be shocked. Wow. I mean, we saw the Phoenix Suns trade for Kevin Durant last week, and pretty much in baseball, there's only one guy who can make an impact. I mean, maybe not as much as Durant, but, I mean, the way that he's an ace and he 
hits dingers and is a great hitter, I mean, it would be so much fun to oh, see. Just a global impact guy. that he has, too, and, right? Well, of course, yeah. That's, as Buster said, the commercial impact of, uh, of Shohei Otani. Well, Buster, needless to say, you have a very positive impact every time you join the show. We'll be doing it regularly from here on out. Great to catch up with you. Say hi to Ross Atkins for us, and we'll do this again next week. <laughs> that sounds great, guys. Good to talk with you again. You too, Buster. Have a good one. Enjoy the Florida sun. Yes. Oh, yeah. He knows. The the baseball reporters, they know what they're doing, Coco. It's like, oh, who knew spring trading's down in Florida or Arizona? That's how it's done right there. I tell you right now, man, like just being here yesterday compared to six days in Florida last week where I was at, the Florida sun is just like oxygen. It's just, just, (laughs) it's just so much like fresher, clearer, like uh, it makes you so much more alive. Like it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's oxygen. Yeah, Yeah, it is oxygen. It's delicious oxygen, hot (laughs) oxygen. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. We've got Frankie Corrado standing by. We'll welcome him in in the next 10 minutes or so. We'll get back to the Leafs. They take on the Blackhawks tonight. They are massive, massive favorites, and rightfully so. Chicago is terrible, and they're coming off a 4-0 loss to Montreal last night, so they're playing the second half of a back-to-back. We'll see what the Leafs look like. We'll see what Austin Matthews looks like, assuming he indeed makes his return to the lineup. Corrado coming up. You're listening to First Up, TSN 1050.